Hello, everybody. This is Mark Vines, and welcome to The Mark Vines Show, and thank you for joining me tonight. And this is your one-stop shop for everything having to do with conservatism, patriotism, the Declaration of Independence, and frankly, just the way that you ought to live your life as far as I'm concerned. Because, hey, folks, if you haven't noticed, this is just a perilous time in the United States, and frankly, a perilous time in the world. I mean, if you, unless you've been living underneath a rock, this is a very, very difficult time for the world, and it's very, very concerning because this is, could we possibly have a worse team at the helm in the United States at this time, just leading the country? And can we be honest? I mean, honestly, can we be honest with, about this? It's really leading the world. Putin went into the Ukraine not because he was afraid of NATO, not because he was afraid of, or, or he doubted that NATO would react, or he's afraid of uh, Europeans or not afraid of Europeans. It was because he sensed weakness in the United States, because wherever the rest of the, the United States goes, that's where the rest of the world goes. Let's be perfectly honest about that. With our unbelievably tragic and mismanaged withdrawal from Afghanistan. That is what Putin saw, and that is what allowed him to embark upon his version of Manifest Destiny, and that is the invasion of Ukraine. And he is not going to stop there. This is a man that wants to recreate the great Soviet Union. And that is not a pipe dream on my part. That is not a fantasy on my part. That is what... Vladimir Putin has said he wants to do. He's told us what he wants to do. And for those of you that think that we can appease him, those of you that think that we can do something, anything, to get him to stop and turn around and stop what he's doing, you are absolutely not paying attention and you do not understand human nature. There is nothing that we can say about this guy, to this guy to get him to pull back and not continue on the path and the journey that he's on right now. He wants to recreate the great Soviet Union. Now, if you've not listened to the podcast that I did before explaining the differences between the lead up to the Second World War and what's going on here today, go back and take a listen to it because I lay out what I believe is going on and what I believe is going on with Vladimir Putin and how he perceives himself in world history. And really, it's really just pointing into the direction of what's going to happen. And my prediction is that we are going to get dragged into this conflict one way or another. And by being dragged into it, I mean actual U.S. troops being involved in this. I don't want that. I'm not saying that I want that. I'm just, it's reality. There's a difference between what you want and what is going to happen. And I think that it's going to happen. And it's going to happen like all of the other conflicts that we've been involved in. It's going to be the slow drip. It's going to be the lack of leadership, it's going to be non-committal, and then eventually it's going to be perceived that we're a part of this, and then we are going to be attacked. There's going to be something that will happen that will drag us into this conflict. Now, do I believe that the Biden administration wants that? I don't know. The jury is still out on that. But everything that this administration is doing makes you wonder, what in the world are they thinking? Is this on purpose? Is it Uh, Due to accident? Is it due to incompetence? I don't know what the answer to that is, but I do know that either way, we are going to get pulled into this conflict, whether we want to or not. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, could we not have a less competent group of people to lead us during a time like this? 
if you have not heard this, if you've not heard the absolute embarrassment that is Kamala Harris, I want to play for you a clip where she was over in Poland this last week and giving a speech and the discussion during the press conference was regarding the refugees, of which uh, as of today, and we're in the middle of March right now, is uh, upwards of, what, 1.6 million people that are leaving Poland. And she's asked about the the crisis that's going on, and she's got the president of Poland standing next to her. And Biden's not there, by the way, and I don't understand during a crisis like this why the president is not making these appearances. But nevertheless, he's not, and Kamala is over there. And I don't know what in the world is going on with her. Whether she's just uncomfortable, she uh, feels like this is too big of a job for her, whether she's stoned, I don't know what it is. But the topic is refugees, the refugee crisis now engulfing uh, Poland in, in this particular instance, but Europe in general. And here's her response. Just listen to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A friend in need is a friend in need. <laughs> you know, this was so embarrassing that after this press conference, the former press secretary to the president of the Ukraine said that if this woman, Kamala Harris, became president of the United States, it would be considered a tragedy. That is the, the term that he used, that it would be a tragedy. Is anybody that doubts that? I don't doubt it. This is what we have leading the free world right now. And this is not our only gaffe. We, we could go on and do an entire episode, and maybe I will do an episode at some point, talking about all of the gaffes that Kamala Harris has had. But guys, this is scary stuff. But where are we, where are we headed? What, where, what is going to... Where are we going to end up is this all being part of being used as a, a bigger picture by the Democrats to achieve their ends? Make no mistake, the Democrats will use tragedies to further agendas. Everything about the Democrats is about power. It's about their religion, which is uh, their leftist ideology. It, it's part of their religion, and they will use any crisis to further their agenda. And I think that they don't care about people. Uh, the Biden administration does not care about the gas prices going up. And as of today here in the Washington, D.C. area, I, I was looking that the the gas prices were at $4.33. And as bad as that is, and that is a record. I mean, we, we've long since passed the, the, the national record, the historical record of the United States. We're long past that. But now... It's, it's going to go even higher. And I, I tell you what, I don't think it's going to be an exaggeration to say that, say that we could be around $8 a gallon by the end of this year at the rate that we're going. I really don't. Now, you have an energy secretary in an administration that is trying to push this agenda because, remember, they're trying to push us out of gas-powered vehicles and into electrical vehicles. And by pushing this and, and allowing the gas prices to raise rise the way that they are, they are thinking that this is going to further the agenda. The problem with that is when you raise the gas prices, it raises the prices of literally everything that we use. Food, plastics, energy, electrical energy, 
every single product that you touch, every single food product that you uh, consume will be going up. Folks, this is unbelievable. And we have three more years of this. Three more years of this. Now, if you think I'm exaggerating and if you think that I'm wrong and that this wasn't, isn't part of the ideology and the agenda of this administration, because I, frankly, they're not doing anything to reduce the amount of, of uh, uh, or increase rather, the, the amount of energy that's being produced by our country. And we should be a next, next exporter of oil because we were doing that under Trump. So we know that it's possible. And by day two of Biden being in office, he did away with uh, the pipelines that we had. And we were a net exporter. And what has changed? Well, what changed was Joe Biden came into office. But this was the plan all along. Now, if you don't believe me, let me just play for you a clip here. And this is uh, Jennifer uh, Granholm, who is the U.S. Uh, Department of Energy Secretary. And she, this is about a year ago, actually. And she was talking about uh, the future, for energy, and this gives you an idea of what her philosophy is. Just take, take, take a listen to this and see what you think. For me, Putin's actions and the resolve of the Ukrainian people give me even more determination to get this energy transition right. You know, the truth is, I know the this, the U.S. Transition. government has always partnered with the energy industry in times of need for over 100 years, over 120 years. The oil and gas industry has powered our nation and has gotten us to where we are today. And we are eternally grateful for that. And we want you to power this country for the next hundred years with zero carbon technologies. Zero carbon technologies. It's often um, hard to see history in the making when you're right at the middle of it. But I think that we are on the cusp of the most important transition that human society has ever seen. Okay, so we are in the middle of history. She's absolutely right about that. She's talking about the the transition, and we're on the cusp of all this. Folks, this is what they want to have happen, and they are just jumping for joy that we have this crisis going on in Europe right now because this is the excuse. Did you notice that we went from the crisis, the, the pandemic, of which nobody talks about anymore. I mean, magically, this has all gone away. Have you noticed that, or is that just me? And it's all gone, and now we have the next crisis. One into another. And now this is going to be used to push people into this, quote-unquote, green energy, of which we are completely unprepared for. We don't have the infrastructure for this right now. Now, I know that they're pushing for that, but I think that we can do parallel this. We can push to have greener energy. We can uh, work towards lowering emissions, but we don't need to slit our own throats at the same time and cripple this country. This country, the world has been through enough in the last two years. We do not need another crisis. We are working hard to get our small businesses back, our big businesses back, everybody back, the students back, everybody back to normal lives, and now this. And as bad as the invasion of Ukraine has been, and it's going to be the rest of the Europe, I'm telling you that right now, as bad as that is, we don't need to turn around and keep hitting ourselves in the head along the way. And we need to be doing everything to lower uh, uh, energy costs and increase energy production. This is just ridiculous. 
And you have Jen Psaki, this nasty press secretary, this just condescending woman that is the press secretary, speaking on behalf of Biden. And just listen to how she talks to reporters. She talks to them like they're, they're children. She sounds like that, that third grade teacher that you just couldn't stand the way that she talks to you. And she's being asked legitimate questions about the leadership of the United States and whether or not they, in fact, use electric vehicles, since they want all of us to use electric vehicles. And the question at hand here is, does the president use electric cars himself? Now, I can tell you right now, the federal government, if they wanted to, you know, the federal government has a fleet of vehicles, lots and lots and lots of vehicles. And if they wanted to, they could make all of them electrical vehicles, but they don't. Every FBI agent, every Secret Service agent, every federal agent out there right now is driving gas-operated vehicles. The convoys that you see the, the president, vice president, and all the other dignitaries uh, are driving around in. Those are gas-powered vehicles. They are flying on gas-powered planes, but yet they want all of you to use electrical vehicles. So that is not leadership. They are not leading from the front, and they want you to do things that they don't do themselves. But yet, when Jen Psaki is asked about this, this is how she responded. Electric vehicles today. This is the president who always talks about the power of our example. Mm -hmm. Does he own an electric vehicle? Presidents of the United States don't do a lot of driving. He has posted videos where he's revving the engine of his Corvette in Wilmington. He owns cars. And he also has driven electric vehicles as president, as, as to give a model to the rest of the country. Well, that wasn't the question. He didn't. He did, that was Peter Ducey, by the way. He didn't ask if if he'd ever driven an electrical vehicle. We also know that he's driven Mack trucks. The question was, does he own an electrical uh, electric vehicle? And the answer to that is no. You know, whenever you have a very long answer to a very simple question, you know somebody's lying. And you know she's deflecting. Because she knows the answer to this. You know, Jen Psaki is, uh, it's just nasty as she is, is not stupid. She knows what Peter Ducey is doing. And she knows that the answer to that is No. He does not own an electrical vehicle, but he does own a Corvette, which is gas-operated. By the way, it's a V8, so it's a gas guzzler, right? So what is this doing? What is this doing? It, it's causing the energy costs to go up and up and up. And what Jen Psaki will want you to believe is that the gas prices going up in the United States is a result of what Putin did by invading the Ukraine. But the fact is, for those of you that have been paying attention, the gas prices have been going up significantly since Joe Biden took office. And that's over a year ago. That is well before Putin ever uh, decided to invade the Ukraine. Okay. And the other thing that it's doing is it's causing inflation to go up. Okay, so just listen to this news report talking about inflation in the United States. A new inflation report from the federal government today shows the consumer price index up 7.9% over the last year. That's an increase that we have not seen in 40 years since January of 1982. Prices for food and housing up dramatically, not to mention record high energy costs, which have only gone up since Russia invaded Ukraine. President Biden blames Putin, saying, quote, today's inflation report is a reminder that Americans' budgets are being stretched by price increases and families are starting to feel the impacts of Putin's price hike. A large contributor to inflation this month was an increase in gas and energy prices as markets reacted to Putin's aggressive action. 
Okay, so they again, they want you to believe that this was due to Putin invading the Ukraine. But this started on day one. Folks, just go back and do your own homework on that. This did not start under Putin. It started a long time ago. And it's going up and up and up. You know, and the problem with these people is that there is a record. There's an electronic record of the things that they say. And on Bloomberg about a year ago, again, this was the energy secretary um, talking about what's going on. And again, she laughs about this. These people just laugh at the situation. They laugh at you and I. And it's just it's just so condescending. But here she is. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. That is hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. That that is really funny, isn't it? What's the plan? There is no plan because the plan on their part is to do away with gas powered vehicles. And they are so happy that they have this crisis to be able to hide their agenda underneath what is going on in Europe. And I'll tell you what, that's borderline evil as far as I'm concerned. They want prices to go up. And it's not that they're without a plan to stop this. They don't want a plan to stop this. Their plan is for it to increase. And if you don't believe that, then you're, you're not, you don't understand what's going on. Folks, Again, this is a dark time. And what is the solution to this? You know, right now, all we can do is make sure that as we gear up for uh, the the midterm elections, which are coming up here in the United States in uh, uh, 2022, November 22, uh, folks, we have the Democrats have the White House, they have the House, they have the Senate, and that's got to change. All we can do in this particular election is get the Democrats out of the House and the Senate. And we've got to do that. It's got to be a landslide victory. We've got to get these people out. And we have to put people like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris just, we have to checkmate them when it comes to this. Because we can't have somebody like Kamala Harris, who doesn't even know where she is half the time, And she's really not getting to the point where she's not even that much better than Joe Biden. But we can't leave her in charge because as the former press secretary to uh, the the president of Ukraine said, that would be a tragedy. Now, why does he say that? Well, because she says things like this. I am here standing here on the northern flank on the eastern flank talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies. And what is at stake at this very moment? Okay, so she doesn't even know where she is in this speech. So for the people that say that Joe Biden doesn't know where he is, well, Kamala doesn't know where she's at. You know, I guess the good thing is we're not getting mean tweets anymore. The good thing is is that we don't have the angry orange man up there saying things that are uncouth, unpresidential, I guess that's the good thing, right? Wrong. I think what we're seeing now is that part of what the genius of Donald Trump was, that he acted the way that he acted, because foreign leaders really couldn't figure him out. And they didn't know what he was going to do. And he followed through on his word. And because they thought that he would act out, or not just thought, but he actually did follow through on the things that he said, they didn't mess with him. And the reason why 
they are messing with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris right now is because they can. It's because they can. There's a basic ideological difference in the United States right now. And those that understand, like Reagan did, that there's peace through strength. And those that think that you're going to have peace through talking to people. You don't talk to tyrants. They understand strength. They despise weakness. They prey upon weakness. And the more weakness you show, the more active they are in going against you, in taking. They're like bullies on the, in the schoolyard. They will take your lunch money from you. Why? Because they can. And when you think, well, I'll talk some sense into him or her, it, there's no talking sense into them. Because they're going to do what they want to do. They want to exert power. They want your lunch money. And they're going to take it. And how you prevent that is to stop it. Now, am I saying put troops into Europe? No. What I am saying is you give people the ability to fight. And this last week, this administration was caught red-handed. Showing and demonstrating that they had zero intent in helping the Ukrainians get their own air power. They wanted MiG-29 fighters. We told them that they were going to be supported by us, and then that never happened. Now, how do I know that? Because we didn't give them fighters, and when the Poles decided to do it on their own, we shot that down, and we stopped that in its tracks. These folks do not want to give the Ukrainians air power. They do not want to give them uh, the ability to fight. They do not want to give them the ability to defend themselves. In this last week, when it came to the fighters, the transfer of fighters, that demonstrated that this administration does, in fact, not want to help the Ukrainians win. That's how I see it. And if you feel differently... God bless you. Who knows? None of us have a crystal ball in what's going to happen. But I do not believe that this administration is giving all of the support that they can unreservedly to the Ukrainians. They fear Putin, and they fear that Putin is going to expand beyond Ukraine. And this administration wants to appease him by allowing him to take the Ukraine. And I do believe that they are going to allow him to do that. And we are going to sit and watch this travesty unfold. What they're going to do, what the Russians are going to do, is just encircle these cities, these major cities, and just bomb them into submission. I do not think the Russians are going to go in and engage in insurgency, uh, you know, door-to-door combat, hand-to-hand fighting, at least not in my, I, I understand that it's happened to certain degrees, but I'm, I mean as far as going door-to-door and fighting insurgents, they aren't going to do that. I think they want the refugees out. I think they want as many people out as they can. Then anyone left is going to be a fighter as far as they're concerned. And they're just going to bomb those cities into rubble and then just rebuild from there. That's what I think is going to happen. And we are going to watch that happen. And this administration is going to watch that happen. And then we're going to have the next goal of Putin. Folks, we haven't even talked about China and Iran yet. And I haven't even talked about the Iran deal that this administration's engaging in and allowing the Russians to negotiate 
on her behalf. But that's another topic for another time because that's a whole other discussion. This is just nuts what's going on right now. And we have three more years of that. So with that, folks, this is Mark Vines, and thank you for joining me tonight. Check me out on Facebook, on Parlor, on Rumble, on YouTube. And, you know, folks, just keep your head up. This will change. I think that this is going to be pushing us into the direction of getting the Republicans back into the House and the Senate. And uh, things will turn around. They always do. And, uh, I, you know, folks, just keep your head up. This is America. We'll get through this. We are the leaders of the free world. You take care of yourselves, and I will talk with you next time. <laughs>